manjo pi 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 Oh yes, it's going to be a very long show for you. You might as well turn me off right now because I am a pariah. I'm an outsider. I am the one who has embarrassing taste. The only man on the planet to actually love Mind Your Business. Welcome back, Brittany. It's been described as the worst pop song of 2023. And I'm telling you, the gag emoji has never been used more for a Britney song ever. I'm going to leave it up to YouTuber Alex from the channel Alex Reacts to sum up the sentiment. Oh no, oh no, oh no, I wanted to like this so bad. No, no, oh my god, I, I always root for Britney, I cheer for Britney, and I feel like this this was a really important thing, and man, I just hope she's really happy with it, and I hope that it's, I still hope it's a hit, I hope that this kind of work, whatever she's doing, now that she's free, I hope this fulfills her, I hope this makes her happy. But this was not good. This was just not good. That's that's really not, no. Oh my God. Coming to you from the mountain fortress of pop culture. You're listening to Time to Talk. Leave Benny alone! Please! (laughs) Welcome to the Fortress. Now, before you sit down, I'd like to ask you a very personal favour. Many of you will know I'm not very good at running all that social media stuff that goes alongside a podcast. And that might explain... The fact that our Facebook page has an entirely different name to this show. It's a bit awkward, isn't it? Doesn't really work. Doesn't make sense. But that's what I did. (laughs) A good friend of mine recently told me to go and read the reviews for this show on the various podcast platforms. Now, I haven't done that before. I didn't even... To be honest with you, I really honestly didn't even know that there were reviews on podcast platforms. Anyway, I went and had a look, and truly, it was an eye-opener, and uh, a fairly amusing experience, sometimes shocking, (laughs) to see what people were saying about the show. Um, And people were making comments about particular episodes that have long passed. It was a very interesting experience to go and read the comments. So my plea to you is, can you go... So whatever platform you're using right now, pick it up and and give us a rating, because most of them have a rating system. And if you find the time, can you leave a review? I don't care if it's a great review. I don't care if it's a hideous review. Believe me, there's mixed reviews out there on this show. Um, It would be really appreciated. And I promise not to wait another two years before I go and take a squiz at those ratings and comments. So while you're doing that, while you're picking up your phone or your tablet or whatever it is, and you're typing away on the platform you use, Spotify, Apple, um, Google has it, uh, iHeart, all of those platforms that we're on, why don't you and I, as we always do, start to have a bit of a chat? 
Well, our Kiss Me Once podcast has been met with rage and undiluted scorn. But I will not apologise. I stand by my assertion that it should be renamed Play Me Once. It's a blot on Kylie's career, much like Bio, Biodome and Go Hard and Go Home and Joshua Sass. And just like those three incidents, it should be covered up, swept under a Kylie at home rug, buried underneath Jason Donovan's third studio album. I mean, fancy this, all these new Kylie fans that she's picked up via Padam, and they're now searching her back catalogue. Wouldn't we be more comfortable if those people could not stumble across Play Me Once? Wouldn't we feel better not having to explain Million Miles or, God forbid, the video for I Was Gonna Cancel? Well, the feedback that I've received over the past couple of weeks tells me that not everyone feels the same. And it's very interesting to note that it is the relatively younger Kylie fans who act as the defence counsel for Play Me Once. Take Nathan from the UK, for example. This deluded young fan, yes, Nathan, you heard me, he claims that Play Me Once is camp and kitsch and strong. Should we let him have his say? Or should we cancel him? You know how I feel about cancel culture. All right, take it away, Nathan. I would first start by saying that I feel a lot of the negativity surrounding Kiss Me Once is due to its poorer than expected sales. But I personally feel that the reason it underperformed was more due to the changes in the industry at the time, with artists and also fans not being being prepared for it. Streaming services like Spotify were taking off hugely and a lot of Kylie's fan base still to this day don't engage with it. This hinders Kylie's performance even now. Kiss Me Once was the first moment that we as fans saw what the future for Kylie could hold if she didn't adapt and try to encourage her fans to also adapt alongside her. The song I would highlight to emphasise my point is Le Sex. This song to this day is one of my favourite Kylie tracks and probably always will be. It's a song that is so unashamedly camp that it breaches into the realm of kitschiness. It's not the kind of area that Kylie often delves too far into due to the media and their love of attacking her for much less than that. But for Kylie, who is a quite fluent French speaker, to make a song like Le Sex, which is literally incorrect French, and doing it with that signature Kylie subtle wink of sexuality, it goes into the territory of so wrong that it's right. I think the song is utterly slept on because people just don't look at it for what it is. I'd even argue that it's this kind of camp absurdity that has helped Padam massively with its huge success for Kylie. When a lot of us first heard Padam, I imagine, like me, we were all expecting a very different kind of video than what we got. Something that was more clubby, but yet it somehow fits all together so beautifully to create an incredible single to put her back into the public eye. The absurdity of Padam is just like the, the visuals being so abstract and this song just being like <laughs> such a club song is 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 fantastic. And I really do wish she'd have taken that swing with Lisex and made something that was just this camp absurd like visual just for us all to look at. If this was a question of do I think Kylie's Kiss Me One Zero was mismanaged, the answer would be an immediate yes. 
But I think as an album, Kissing Aunt is actually quite strong. It's certainly got a few stinkers like Beautiful, which I found to be a huge letdown, just like the rest of the Kylie fans. But I do think it's a strong album nonetheless. And that, my friends, is the kind of absurd feedback that I've been receiving all week about our Play Me Once podcast, which, by the way, you can go back and have a listen to and make up your own mind. So to you, Nathan, my young and naive Kylie friend, I say thank you, and I truly, truly respect your very wrong views. I'm having a gooseberry and cinnamon yogurt. Who wants a gooseberry and cinnamon yogurt? Chloe, would you like a gooseberry and cinnamon yogurt? Yes, please. Now, speaking of our Kylie, I don't know why I'm saying it like that. We always speak of our Kylie, don't we? Okay, so speaking about Kylie, it seems we can fondly give a round of applause to Padam as it wheezes its way around the stadium for one final lap. It's done its job, it's made us all proud, but it has reached that point in its life where it's now limping down the final stretch, trying desperately to smile as it waves to its adoring fans. Padam is exhausted now, it's fading out of the charts, and it's doing it proudly with a big bright red flush of dignity. Now Kylie had been closing in on 16 million monthly listeners on Spotify. That's now just throttling back a little bit. She's now settled around 15.7 million monthly listeners. It's going to continue to decline as Padam's peak comes to a rest. The song itself has had 49 million streams on Spotify alone. That is absolutely phenomenal and is, of course, the most streamed Kylie song around the world at the moment. And as I said before, it's captured just like Fever did, by the way. Shout out to all of you people out there who came on board at Fever, you blow-ins. I mean, you lovely, lovely, beautiful Canadian and American people. Well done. Padama's done its thing, it's reaped in a whole new generation of fans, and it's got people looking at the back catalogue all over again and really appreciating the unbelievable work that Kylie has done in her professional life. For all of us, Padam will live on forever. But for now, it's time to step back and remember the life of Padam. It was released as the Tension album's lead single on May 18, 2023. It was written by Norwegian singer and songwriter Ina Waldston, together with its producer Lost Boy. The accompanying music video, which was shot in Los Angeles, was directed by Sophie Muller and released the same day as the song. Padam Padam lived a good life. It reached the top 10 in Croatia, Ireland, and the United Kingdom, giving Minogue a top 10 single in five consecutive decades, from the 1980s to the 2020s in the latter two countries. Elsewhere, the song reached the top 20 in Australia, charting also in the Netherlands, Belgium, Canada, Hungary, Russia, 
and Poland, as well as on component charts in Argentina, Chile, Colombia, El Salvador, Germany, Guatemala, New Zealand, and the United States. She first performed the single on American Idol and at KT Euphoria in the US and at the Capitals Summertime Ball in the UK. Music reviewer Tom Briner described Padam Padam as quote, a sleek, thumping, catchy as hell dance pop jam, adding that quote, Kylie knows exactly how to deliver a song just like that. The term Padamic was coined by Laura Snapes of The Guardian to encapsulate the cultural impact of Padam Padam, describing it as, quote, the cultural moment in which frivolity and lightness seem to be breezing back after the pandemic and after an era in which culture has been taken very seriously. In an interview for Variety, James Masterton, a chart analyst and historian, says the success of Padam is significant because Minogue has, quote, bridged a generation gap with a hit record that is reaching out both to her loyal and aging fans, but also a new generation of music fans. The latter attracted thanks to the TikTok platform that contributed to the explosion of Kylie's single, bypassing all traditional media avenues. And of course, we can't forget that Padam became an anthem for the LGBT community in several pride parades, including the New York City Pride March and Pride in London. Let's remember that Padam debuted at number 39 on the ARIA Australian Singles Chart, making it Minogue's first top 40 single in Australia since Time Bomb in 2012. It later peaked at number 19 in Ireland. The single became Minogue's highest charting single since Higher in 2011, peaking at number 7 on the Irish Singles Charts. In the United Kingdom, the song entered at number 8 on both the Singles Downloads charts and the Singles Sales chart a day after its release, and later peaked at number 1. On the main Singles chart, which comprises sales and streaming figures, the song came in at number 26, becoming Minogue's 52nd top 40 single in that country, and her highest charting single since Into the Blue. And to all of you in the United States, Padam Padam became Minogue's first top 10 single on the Billboard Dance Electronic Songs chart since that chart was founded in 2013. By early August 2023, Padam Padam had reached number one on the US Dance Radio Airplay chart. And in Canada, Padam Padam debuted at number 98 on the top 100, making it Minogue's first single to chart in Canada since Time Bomb again in 2012. Padam Padam, you will never be forgotten. The past two months have been exquisite for Kylie Minogue fans. Sometimes amateurs know best. And a lack of professionalism is all you'll hear on the Time to Talk show. Join Tim and his panel of guests as they wade their way through a range of news, music, and pop culture treats. Time to Talk, the show hosted by amateurs for unprofessional listeners. Amateurs, is this the best that they could do? Now, since we last spoke, Kylie has finally 
and a little bit awkwardly announced what was possibly the worst-kept secret of her career. Las Vegas is happening, people. Are you going? So when I learned (laughs) that this was going to be a Las Vegas residency of around two to three months, and possibly she's coming back again too, I've been told, but the first initial residency will be two to three months. And it's going to be November, December, and January. Now, I'm at the opposite end of the world to most of you, so I had to do my research. What does that mean? In the middle of a desert? Just how cold is that? And it's cold. Thank you for all those people who helped me out on social media by being honest and telling me. Yeah, it's damn cold in Vegas. The day's not so bad, the night's terribly cold. Now look, it's not that I'm afraid of the cold. I still would have went. But I've made a firm decision that I will not. Simply because it means I'll be missing out on the summer here. And I'm living for it. I can't wait. Australian spring and summer on the east coast of Australia and the west coast for that matter. Amazing. You don't want to miss it. That's why we live here. It's incredible. The water temperature, it's just, oh, it's so good. Can't wait. I'm dreaming of it. And there's no way I'm giving it up. I won't. So, what I'll be doing instead is waiting to see what the world tour looks like. Is it the same as the residency? I've got to say, I'm so excited about that venue over there in Las Vegas, the intimacy of it, and watching Kylie from a semicircle booth while you have drinks delivered to you. Now, that sounds luxurious. But, uh, look, if she does it in the warmer months, um, which will be the colder months in Australia next year, yep, I'm going to hop over there. But for now, I'll just wait and see. But most curiously about all of this is that there are reports that Kylie has been battered and bruised in preparing for this show. And the quotes allegedly attributed to her say that it's literally blood, sweat and tears, bruises and sleepless nights. Honestly, what the hell is going on behind closed rehearsal doors? Is she being tossed around like a Sunita B-side? Are they insisting she climb aboard a flaming, swinging hula hoop like a dainty version of Pink? In all honesty, what kind of rehearsals spill blood and leave bruising? Is Joseph Jackson in charge? Maybe some of you can tell me, do they actually record shows in Las Vegas? Did the Britney shows ever get recorded and then released as a commercial product? Will I get to see Kylie in Las Vegas? Will I be able to watch it? Either way, I am so looking forward to seeing this show somehow, somewhere, at some time. I want to see the 1990 World Music Award version of Shocked done in double time, and I want it to feature Richard and Venol. Come on, Kylie. I want it all. Feel the tension. Feel the fever. Read my body language. I'm going to get sexy, y'all. Piano. Okay, I've been wanting to talk to you about this. Have you ever met a person that doesn't like Kylie's music? They're miserable, aren't they? They're all frayed around the edges and, um, ugly. In fact, I think Kylie herself describes them the best. It's lucky the world isn't made according to your definitions, because it'll be an ugly one. We all take and frustrate and know we no love. Thing you feel most, isn't it? Love. If you don't like Kylie's music, 
then there's no love in your heart. Now, Terry is a bit of a listener to our show, and we love him. We really do, Terry. I know you're listening. And when he gets a little lost, then we do grab him by the arm and we assist him. We take him back to his home and we look after our Terry. I reached out to our Madonna-loving friend, Terry, and I asked him why he wasn't interested in seeing Kylie in his home country, the United States, when she finally plays Vegas. Here's what he had to say. Hi, this is Terry from Colorado, and I have been asked to give my opinion slash review of Kylie Minogue's upcoming Las Vegas residency. So I'm going to start off by saying, first of all, I'm not a Kylie Minogue fan. I never have been. And in the background, you're probably thinking, why is he playing a Kylie Minogue song? Well, I do like this song. Um, Slow, I've always liked this one. And she's had a couple of other ones that I, I like, but I've just never been a hardcore fan or really even a fan. Um, I will say that I am a hardcore Madonna fan, and please don't start the, oh, this person versus that person because that's not what this is about. It's all about what appeals to a person. And uh, Kylie Minogue has never appealed to me. Neither has Lady Gaga. Neither has Beyonce and several other female artists. But I want to also say that I don't want to sit back and be the kind of person who compares the female artists and Uh, They're all strong, obviously, Madonna, Kylie, Beyonce, Lady Gaga, Adele, all of them. They all have talent or they wouldn't be where they are. The thing that I find most disheartening is that amongst fan bases, is that fan bases tend to pit these women against each other. And I think that that's ridiculous. So people need to stop doing that really, because it's, it's, it's rude. Um, but just being honest, I'm not a Kylie fan. I don't have any intentions of going to her Las Vegas residency because I don't think that's right for me. Um, an outsider, so to speak, to buy tickets to see her, which would take from some really hardcore fan who wants to go see her. Uh, and that's just being truthful and or not buying tickets and, you know, selling them resale, which hurts the fans. That's not the kind of person I am. Um, now, on to her residency. I think that this is a good thing for Kylie Minogue to do because she has had a lot of success with Padam Padam. And that's very good for her. And, uh, and I'm proud of her for that. You know, being a non-fan, you, you know, I, I do feel like that we need to put the artist where they are currently, you know. Uh, she's doing well, and I think that, that, uh, that she deserves that because she's earned it. Um, Madonna's current situation as a hardcore Madonna fan is very... Mm, It's very baffling for me. Um, Back in January, I bought tickets to several shows. Um, 
And I, I almost expected a postponement of this tour. Though I do believe, you know, her recent, her recent uh, uh, near-death experience has been very traumatizing. Um, and I don't want to rant on too much about that. Um, I, I really feel like that that could have been handled a little better with her management team, which is kind of where I'm going with the entire subject of the Kylie Minogue thing. See, her team, they're actually doing the right thing for Kylie. And um, obviously, and I will just say this as a non-fan, is that, you know, Kylie's busy doing her music and she's moving along with the times where, you know, Madonna's been at it for 40 years and whatever. And, um... I, I don't know if Madonna wants to keep doing, like, albums anymore, but it's obvious that Kylie wants to keep doing them, and, you know, kudos to her. Um, but I don't want to sit and, and bash Kylie, because that's not what this is about. It's just, uh, she's just not my thing. Uh, I like a lot of different music. Uh, I'm more... Of the kind of guy that I could sit and I could listen to, like, Susie and the Banshees and, you know, artists like that. More punk, goth kind person. But then when it comes to, like, pop music, Madonna, I've always adored her because of her I don't care attitude. But it's, it's a rebel attitude. So, you know, if you're going to go see uh, Kylie's residency, that's good for you. I'm not going to go. Uh, I'm not a fan of Padam Padam. Um, I've listened to it a couple of times, but it, it's just, again, it's not my thing. Nor is, you know, the likes of Lady Gaga or Adele or Beyonce and and that. But I, I don't mean this disrespectful. It's just about what a person, uh, appeal, what appeals to them musically. And I've just never felt that... Um, connection with Kylie or Lady Gaga or Beyonce uh, and I'm proud of the people who can connect them um, and I don't feel like that I'm betraying Madonna in any way uh, if I were to like another artist it just understandably it's just not my type of music I'm just not a pop disco diva type guy we'll just say that uh, and leave it there um so, you know, I think this is a good idea for Kylie to do this residency. I think it's great for her fans. I hope that they make it where her tickets are easy to get uh, for the fans rather than making it ridiculous like Taylor Swift and so on, um, which that's a complete mess in my opinion. Um, so I wish all of you success and getting tickets, I just won't be there because I'm not a fan and I'm not here to disrespect her. I am here to praise her for her success and let her keep her longevity and uh, let's really stop comparing all the female artists because every one of them is different um, in their own way and they're all successful women and we all love you know, various different ones. Some of you like all of them. For me right now, I've always just been a Madonna fan and, 
And it's not that I'm closed-minded, but she has just always appealed to me, whereas, you know, the other female artists, they didn't. Uh, I, I can say that when I first heard Kylie, I believe it was the locomotion, and it kind of left an impression on me because that's someone else's song. It was a copy, and so I think that's where my non-fanliness of Kylie came in um, and I didn't feel the connection with her but once again that's just strictly my opinion uh, what floats my boat uh, may not float yours and what floats your boat may not float mine but I just wish Kylie a lot of success on her tour and I wish her fans well to get tickets and hopefully you don't have postponements like what I as a Madonna fan am having to endure which is really not any fun but kudos to Kylie kudos to her team for doing a good job in managing her um, as a Madonna fan I wish I could say that Madonna had that management but I can't say that but it doesn't mean that I don't love her it just means that somebody's doing something right and somebody needs to take some pointers cheers hey terry thank you we love you we appreciate you and we salute your courage in confessing that kylie doesn't appeal to you in the age of padam now terry lean in a bit run run, run. <laughs> <laughs> Please don't be alarmed. Even Terry himself describes that as a very typical fun Saturday night at his house. Well, Sinead O'Connor was a very complicated person, but her contribution to the world of pop music and music in general, she described herself as a punk, uh, it can't be denied. And it is so tragic that she's gone, but many of us know that her life was tragic as well. She was a tormented soul. She always believed in freedom of speech. She said exactly what she meant. Sometimes she confused other people with the words that she chose to say. I mean, she was critical of Kylie, for example, but she was also quite prophetic when she ripped up the picture of the Pope and calling out child abuse well before it had been acknowledged by the church itself. She was a beautiful person Anyone who was close to her spoke fondly of how generous of spirit she was and what a deep, thinking, intelligent, smart, creative, artistic person she was. Let's hear from the fans that loved her the most. 
Lusnak from Canada. Art is a way of life, and Sinead was a living proof of that. She was in front of the camera what a lot of us are behind closed doors, and she was judged for that, as all public figures are. But I believe she helped so many people just by being true to herself, true to her emotions, her feelings. In very trying moments of my life, I listened to her music, not to cry, although I did, but to try to decipher her words, to understand her, and by understanding her, hoping to understand myself. Giacometti once said, more I sculpt over and over again my brother Diego, more I see all humanity through him. I think the contrary is also true. More, in my case, more I draw and I listen and I understand different artists, different creators, more I understand myself. Her story will continue to inspire everyone who comes across it and everyone who comes face to face with her. I believe she is an eternal lantern. Rest in peace, darling. Thank you so much for such a beautiful description. And Gareth from Australia. Nothing compares to the female singers of the 80s and early 90s. The biggest female hits of 1990 belong to Sinead O'Connor and Madonna. They're very different in their approaches. Their songs dealt with childhood trauma, Catholic upbringings, and both risked their careers on social issues. Contrast them to the biggest females today, Taylor Swift and Beyonce, whose parents moulded their respective careers and who are very calculated and careful in how they choose to speak out. Maybe it's the range of music formats back then, but a diverse range of female artists broke through, often with just one hit song. But Sinead was no one-hit wonder. She enjoyed solid commercial success before and after Nothing Compares to You and the brilliant album I Don't Want What I Haven't Got. I encourage you to explore Sinead's 10 studio albums. In death, she's been called a punk, but I think her brilliance was that she routinely dipped her toe in the pop world. One great video doing the rounds is her singing a Eurythmics cover supported by Dave Stewart, Kylie Minogue and Natalie Imbruglia. Not being bound by a band, her work covers a mix of styles as seen as on her collaborations album. She has plenty of fun uplifting songs too. Check out her final studio album, I'm Not Bossy, I'm the Boss. In many songs, she's playing a version of herself or a character. Her characters are easy to spot. They're often wearing a wig in any accompanying music video. Her honesty in videos is worth revisiting on YouTube. She's articulate even in the final years of her life struggling with mental illness. If you don't have time to read Rememberings, her autobiography, check out snippets of her Dr Phil interviews where she talks about her, the horrific childhood abuse that she endured. Fire on Babylon, the single from Universal Mother, her most personal album, has a music video directed by acclaimed director Michael Gondry. It's riveting but very unsettling. George Michael told her that he loved the album, 
but could only listen to it once for this reason. Sinead would eventually become a Muslim, but the bulk of her career has the imprint of her Irish Catholic upbringing. She did a whole album of Christian songs inspired by the Old Testament, as well as an album of traditional Irish folk songs. She is rightly being hailed as prophetic for calling out child abuse and child sexual abuse of the Catholic Church almost a decade before Pope John II acknowledged it. The punk, Sinead O'Connor, who took on our religion, is worth a listen. Well, we discussed Nothing Compares to You, the brilliant song in our 1990 podcast. Go and look that one up. But for now, most of us are just relieved that such a tormented soul is at rest. And we thank her for her music. Even Sinead herself acknowledged that she struggled with mental health issues. Perhaps these recollections from the beautiful lady herself puts things into context. There's a reason for everything I do, and this has to do with your mother. Will you do an experiment with me? Is it going to make me cry? I don't know. Okay. Okay. I'm looking for the exit. <laughs> <laughs> you don't need to run. The first thing I want you to do with your eyes closed is I want you to picture your mother's face. And when I say picture your mother, I mean I want you to see her face, negative or positive, doesn't matter, see her eyes, see her skin, the way her hair fell over her forehead. I want you to experience the scent that identified your mother, the sound of her footfall when you hear her walking, the tilt of her head, everything that defined your mother. Now, I, I want you to answer this question, what I resent about my mother. <laughs> she kicked out of me. Mm -hmm. Go on. She won't change her clothes. She won't wash. Same for us. Five years living in the same clothes, no washing. She won't heat the house. She won't get lights. She won't get out of bed. She won't stop taking drugs. She never tells me I'm pretty. She never tells me I'm sweet. She makes my little brother scream. She smells sick. There was a smell about her that was sickness. Smell of evil, you know. How did she hurt you? How did she hurt you inside? Kicking me, kicking me, and kicking me, and kicking me, and kicking me. And telling me I'm evil, and telling me I shouldn't have been born, and I'm the reason my father left. It's my fault. All right, change of question. What I wanted from my mother, I did not get. Cuddles, love, kisses, sweet names, snuggles, sleep in the bed with her, sweet presents. Tell me what I miss about my mother. I hate not being able to love her. I hate not being able to have taken care of her, maybe given her some love back, help her, help her. Nobody helped her. I miss that I cannot put my arms around her and tell her I love her and that she's all right and actually, you know, mother her. I wanted to mother her. I would have taken care of her even if she was an absolute monster. Without even thinking, what do you love about your mother? The first thing that came to my mind actually is that she's dead, which is a very strange thing to come to mind, but I love her about my mother that she did. I think it was very kind of her. Although I miss her horribly, I really ache for her. And I think that's part of where my suicidal instinct comes from, is that I want my mother. But I cannot wait until the day that I naturally get to heaven so that I can see my mother again. Okay, do this for me. Close your eyes one more time. If you sat before your mother right now 
and you had one minute left in this world, what would you say to your mother? I'd throw myself on her like a monkey and I'd never let go. I'd tell her, I love you, I love you, I missed you so bad, I missed you so bad. My life has been terrible, 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 terrible. I miss her so bad. I can't wait to see her again. I tell her I love her. I am stretched on your grave and will lie there forever if your hands were in mine. Rudy, what is wrong with me? What is absolutely seriously wrong with me? Oh, is that the only, is that the whole question? (laughs) (laughs) I know, it's really mean to put you on the spot like that because there's probably so many answers springing to your mind, but you're too polite to say it. No, I'm, I'm actually concerned that I'm the only person on planet Earth that's actually enjoying Mind Your Business. Well, um, so far, you're the only one I know because I don't include myself. <laughs> I'm sorry to say. I, I cannot. I am so grateful that I will never have to listen to it again. You know, there are even remote people in Algeria who have only ever had access to Andalusian classical music. And even they are gagging when they first hear Mind Your Business. And yet you enjoy it. I love it. I, I, what is it again? Mind your BBBB. I think it's amazing. And by the time this comes out, it would have been erased from the public sphere, I reckon. <laughs> well, you know, I think that is it, is it that your, your, um, your cheering on Brittany is helping you like it more no. than maybe you would have? No, that's that's exactly what I first thought. But I'm I, I love Britney, but no, I, I'm not a big fan of a lot of what she releases. But this right. feels like the sequel to Work Bitch to me. Um, all about her life with the paparazzi. It's very singable. What can I say? Yes, but it's so rep- it's just so mind-numbingly repetitive that it just sounds like so many other songs to me. I don't know. I I I did think of Work Bitch too, and I like that one. Well, that's great that you're actually bringing your true opinion then. You haven't been influenced. But all over social media, there's just like, (laughs) there's uh, emojis of of gagging and gifs of, you know, the exorcist throwing up. It's pretty (laughs) bad. It's pretty bad. But uh, even officially, let's let's go through some of the critical reception from the so-called experts in music. Jamie Tabera. She's at Attitude uh, magazine. She rated Mind Your Business just one out of five stars. She criticised Will I Am for, quote, his foolishly bad judgment for releasing this song. Yeah. Uh, oh, I've been calling Jamie a her. It's a he. I apologise. He called it unlistenable with lyrics that are utter nonsense. And he believed that Spears was almost entirely absent from the project as she sounds absolutely nothing like herself. Now, listen, that rudy i agree with that when i first listened to it it's like what have they done to the pitch of poor old britney's voice here it doesn't sound like her right it sounds very computerized very messed with it's almost like she's an ai version of herself interesting that you described it that way alexa camp of slant magazine she also gave it a very negative review calling it mind numbing 
mind-numbingly repetitive and dumb, featuring robotic, this is a quote, robotic sliced and diced vocals from Spears, and she named it Spears' worst song ever. This mm. is what the internet's saying. It, it's, it is gathering speed that it is the worst thing she's ever recorded. I don't know that I go that far, especially when you think of some of those older, you know, album cuts that weren't really single material from the beginning. At least she's trying. You know, I don't want to put put a vulnerable woman down. You know, we generally like her, and I think we want her to do well. So I don't know if I would call it the worst thing she's ever done. There were some, you know, tacky cuts back in the day. It's just not a great song. We, we were hoping for better. Let's finish this segment by hearing from Will I Am, um, who I believe, by the way, my opinion, only my opinion, that there are a lot of artists trying to get Britney back into a space where she feels confident, the music space, right? And I yeah. think Elton John tried to do that, and I do believe Will I Am is trying here yeah. too. And it's interesting that I thought that and then read the quote I'm about to share with you. He said, Music is therapy for lots of people, dancing is therapy for lots of people. And when you have that connection with music and rhythm and song and melody and harmony, and you express yourself through that, it helps you with anything that you're going through. And I see that every time I see Brittany dance on her Instagram, mm. I see her light up because I see how much she loves music. To collaborate with her now and then, when you're in the studio and you're making music, that's the only thing that matters. So I see the same light, the same joy, the same love and the same passion. He really cares about Britney, let's face it. Yes, he does. Oh, what a nice thing to say. Very sensitive and astute. Let's talk more importantly about Kylie for a moment there, sure. Rudy. Um, Always did important. You, <laughs> very important subject. Did you know, did you see the news that she's going to be appearing at the VMAs? I did. I assume How that's, exciting is that? Yes, I assume that's the European VMAs, right? Oh. Oh. Okay. I might be wrong. I thought it was the American VMAs. Oh, I'm not sure. Perhaps I'm wrong. Ah, well, we better check that out because it makes a difference. Because let's be honest, Rudy, nobody cares about the European VMAs. That would be a great, a great anticlimactic moment for me. <laughs> I want it to be the one where, you know, Johnny Depp came down as an astronaut. I want it to be the one where Madonna came out wearing <laughs> uh, right. dominatrix clothes not too long ago. I want it to be that one. I did scratch it and try to figure out which VMAs it was, and from who I was able to speak to, no no consensus yet on which it is. I'm hoping it's the American VMAs, but we'll see. You shared with us in the last podcast just how much Padam has affected and influenced the United States, especially her core fan base. I mean, appearing at the VMAs, if we can confirm that it's the American one, it's just the icing on the cake for you, surely. Absolutely. Although, you know, it's it's just a little bit jarring that no matter how big this song gets, it's just not going to enter the Hot 100 here. We have to we have to accept that. I think she's wasting an opportunity here for some epic performances with one of the songs of her career. What would you like to see her do if she was coming out at the VMAs? Oh my goodness, I don't know. I I, I kind of like to not not forecast and not make wish lists about those kinds of things all she really does tend to surprise one thing that i'll always say about kylie is that she doesn't show you that she's working and that's kind of out it's a little old-fashioned in a good way she never lets you see the sweat 
She's mm -hmm. working hard, you know she is, but she'll never let you see her working. So that way you're surprised when she does the performance. And I kind of like that. So I don't like to look too far ahead. I like to let her surprise me because she usually does a lot and it's always in a good way, except for, you know, a couple of exceptions in the past. Um, but <laughs> but we won't go there. But generally speaking, she uh, she really does come through. And, and I like that. I like being surprised. I always, as someone who grew up, you know, hours away from Kylie, watching her carve out her career on little tiny TV shows and then getting big in TV and then big in music, I'm very protective of her. When she, mm -hmm. still to this day, decades later, when she goes out in front of a US audience, where if it is the American VMAs, we have to keep saying that now because you and I yes. aren't sure, but in front of artists like Taylor Swift and Pink and all these, uh, Lady Gaga, I mean, that audience is very esteemed. Yes. Uh, I get all protective about it because they're watching her. I mean, look, they're all fans of her as well, but at the they same are. time, I want... I can't help it. I, I, I'm not forecasting, but I want that performance to be epic. I want it to be something that those folk say, uh, wow. However, I shouldn't feel that way. I'm also aware of that. Let Kylie be Kylie. So I'm very conflicted. Well, I think that letting Kylie be Kylie means that it will be epic because she just doesn't let us down when it comes to these kinds of things. It's just But in the US she does, Rudy. Sorry to talk over you, but she's done it in the US. She's done some great stuff in the US, but she tends to do strange things. She went over there uh, for the X album, I think it was, and uh, she did a series of performances of All I See, um, Can't Get okay. You Out of My Head, and she really didn't be Kylie. Yeah. She would do things that she thought the American public would love and would grab attention. And ugh, it was very grating uh, and not the great performances that you'd well, want. Okay. I must say, I'm remembering some of these things you're talking about. And remember, this was 15 years ago. People do yes. get smarter. And <laughs> Let it go, Tim. Let it, it go. It was a while ago. Uh, she's <laughs> older and smarter, wiser, and even more seasoned at her job now. But I think that all I see, I'm one of those people who thinks that all I see was a good single choice for America. I love that song. But you're right. Those performances were just kind of thrown together slapdash. And that's uncharacteristic of her. That's true. Now, we've been talking about Kiss Me Once throughout this podcast. And I know you have some strong views about Kiss Me Once, as I do, too. Your mm -hmm. views might be in the opposite direction. Well, um, I thought... Uh, the conversation that you all had in the previous podcast was very intelligent. And I agree with most of what you said. And one thing that I thought was very interesting was that you all, especially you, touched upon how she was in a very negative uh, morning headspace mm. around that time. And I think that is why a lot of us who do love it, love it so much because it is sort of a pensive record. It has you know, classic pop bops in the middle of it, as she must always have. But there's, it's definitely not a celebratory, um, euphoric record. It's an I'm still here record. And that's not for everybody. It's uneven. There are a couple of duds in the middle of it. Um, but I think that the overall energy of it, if you are of, if you're of that kind of mindset, or if you feel that or can relate to that, that, it's just struggling to survive and make it through to another day. Kind of the essence of I Was Gonna Cancel, what that song is all about, what it's talking about. If you relate to that, you love the, the album. Now, were there missed opportunities? Absolutely. 
Was it mismarketed? For sure. Um, big mistakes. But there was a lot of good things to it, too. And I think that a lot of fans overlook that, perhaps because they had such a high standard they were looking for, especially after Aphrodite, which really delivered for people. What I've been finding in the past week, particularly since that Kiss Me Once podcast went up, and by the way, folks, go and look it up, go and have a listen if you haven't already, Definitely. is uh, the response, the, one of the most common responses I get is, I love Into the Blue. I love it. It's like, <laughs> yes, good on you. That's not the whole album, though. It would be great right. if the whole album was like Into the Blue. Although I, I tend to think I wish the whole album had been that group of songs, Mr. President, Voodoo, Skirt, all of those. Yes. I think they should have went good down songs. that avenue. Yes. And Into the Blue is one of, it's really, really well written. People really can't. And she wrote it. And, right. And, um, oh, Into the Blue? She did not mm. write that. Right? She wrote she, the lyrics. No, she didn't. Are you no. serious? No, 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 she didn't. Am that I was, getting mixed up because she wrote the lipstick all over the, you know, yes. she wrote the lyrics all over the, and that makes me think right. she wrote it? It was Kelly Sheehan and Mike rio or something it was a it was right. a few, and and i remember her distinctly saying that even though sia wrote tracks for the for the album sia said this is your single which i think is very unselfish of sia to have it done. just sounds so kylie like i'm i stand it corrected does. clearly it i do does. but they are words that because i know kylie's writing very well i can usually yeah. pick like uh, not the music I'm talking about. I can pick her lyrics because of the impossible princess era. She's mm -hmm. got a very, very unique turn of phrase actually. So I thought into the blue was right up there. By the way, talking about that, have you heard that demo that was written for her called Kylie Wood? No. Well, it is bizarre. Yes. There's of new material coming out. I can't even keep up. What is this? No, it was from those sessions. It was from the Kiss Me Once sessions. Uh, she never ended up recording it, but it was recorded as a demo by Sia, and it's called wow. Kylie Wood. So clearly it was intended <laughs> for Kylie. Wow. Well, i got to check that one out. Yeah, don't bother, really. It's not worth it. Well, it's <laughs> it's nice that it has Kylie Wood. It's worth it. Let's touch on Madonna really briefly. Now, she's had a serious health episode. We all know about that. Yes. Then she gives herself three months before she kicks off a multi-date international tour. Like she's starting it in October. So she really only gave herself about three months to recover. Is that realistic, Rudy? I was looking at those dates today and thinking about the health setbacks and how, what a high standard uh, she sets for herself. And, mm. you know, I, there's only so much I can say, and I didn't tell you this, but a little bunny has been speaking to me about this tour and the preparations for it. And from what I know, the little bit I've heard from behind, you know, you know, chat, chat, chat. I don't see her being able to pull this off this soon in October, unless they drastically change and really sort of reduce this down to something smaller than what it was and are intended to be and i don't think that's just not madonna she does that's not an option not an option for madonna no it's not so I, i'm not going to be the least bit surprised if she postpones this further i really hope that she's able to do this at all um because i heard it's going to be quite the strenuous show and she's not one for really accepting her mortality ever um, so it makes sense that she would think that she could do this. Oh, I hope she can, because I know how much she must want to. Yeah, we all wanted to, but at the same time, there's plenty of us who are worried that if she 
goes too hard too soon, then, well, happy days for as long as it lasts. But is she going to hit a wall, a very dangerous wall? Right. Right. Mm. Absolutely. Are you going to the show? I was going to go to the August 24th show at Madison Square Garden, which has now been postponed. So I will probably now go to the Philadelphia show. I just want to go to something, you know, but who knows if that'll have to be postponed too. That's supposed to be around December of this year, um, Philadelphia. So I don't know. We'll see what happens. There's no way I'm going to miss it. If she comes, I'm going. The whole world is behind you, Madonna. The whole world is behind you. It really is. Like her, she said she's peerless. Yes. I think what she's talking, I think we're taking from that. She doesn't feel like there's any equivalent, but the peers that are around her, they are all being a champion for her at the moment. Everyone wants her to be back up. They are, absolutely, as she has been for others. And, you know, one thing that's important to note that I've noticed is that people who put her down, who are not her fans necessarily, even they're pulling for her right now. So Exactly. That's what I've noticed too. Yeah. Nice thing. Nice thing. I reckon even Piers Morgan would be wanting to be a champion of Madonna at the moment. Um, Rudy, it's been awesome talking to you really briefly about all things entertainment. Thank you. My pleasure. Thank you for having me. You take care. Isn't he fantastic? Rudy Palmer. You can find him on Facebook and Instagram. He's always got a fresh perspective on everything. And he loves entertainment as much as you and I do. So look him up, Rudy Palmer, P-A-L-M-A. If you would like to submit, oh, there's a very formal word, isn't it? Submit. If you want to send us an audio memo, because you've probably heard throughout the show, plenty of people send us audio memos. Keep it to a couple of minutes about anything you like. If you want to remind us of, of a record that you love or something that's coming up in the world of entertainment, send us a couple of minutes about it. If you're not breaking the law, We'll put it in the podcast. It's as simple as that. Just reach out to us, time to talk Australia at outlook.com. Send us an audio file. We don't need video files, just an audio file. Well, it's as always, you're listening. It's been a great to time to talk. spending time with you, and I hope we can do it again really soon sometime. Take care.